We're joined for our Peace Bucket by uh, Lindsay Kashkarian, who is a, um, with the uh, National Priorities um, Project, part of the uh, Institute for uh, Policy Studies. And as happens every year, the United States Congress is about to pass um, a, a, a record um, defense budget, you know, formerly around $858 billion, much more if you include um, everything. And as often is the case, uh, the House, the Congress is trying to give a $45 billion increase above even what President um, um, Biden put on the table. So, Lindsay, why is this not a good idea? I mean, we're fighting this war in Ukraine. Oh, I guess we're not fighting it, but, you know, that's adding on to our expense, isn't it? What's driving this budget increase? No, it's it's not what's driving this budget increase at all, Mark. And the fact is, these budget increases have been ongoing, you know, since before um, the war in Ukraine. And um, and the amount of money that the U.S. is spending on the war in Ukraine is still only in the tens of billions of dollars. So, you know, we're talking about less than 10 percent of this current budget is is how much we've been spending. And this eight hundred fifty eight billion dollars that you referred to doesn't even include money that we'll spend. Uh, on the war in Ukraine this year. So in including that, it'll go even higher. Um, but what this is, is a longstanding pattern that we've seen of spending more and more on the Pentagon, um, even while we see programs like the uh, expanded child tax credit that helped cut child poverty in half was discontinued by Congress this year. It was a tremendously successful program and it could have been funded for about half the cost of the increase um, that, as you said, the House gave um, over President Biden's budget request for the Pentagon this year. So it's really a question of extremely mispri- misplaced priorities and who's wielding the power in Congress. Now, I was one of the people who, you know, thought it'd be a great idea if uh, the president and Congress came up with a lot of money um, for uh, climate. And, you know, my recollection is we we're talking about a couple hundred, you know, billion dollars spread out over a 10 year period. And yet we often hear, you know, you mentioned the child care tax credit, but, you know, whether it's it's climate or housing or environmental protection, you know, we always say there's not enough money. The budget's too tight. We got a budget deficit. And yet when it comes to the military, that doesn't seem to be the case. That's right. It doesn't seem to be the the case at all. You hear the same members of Congress you see refusing to vote for higher spending on renewable energy, the same members you see refusing to continue the child tax credit expansion that was so successful, um, are the same folks who are voting to increase this budget. And it's a simple question of who they're accountable to. Half of this budget, about half every year, goes to Pentagon contractors. It's a they're a, it's a huge industry. They have more lobbyists than there are members of Congress. They spread jobs across every single congressional district, and it's a it's a um, that's who the members of Congress are, are accountable to. Um, but you know we can change that if we if we make them accountable to us instead. But they have to hear about it from us. Now, one of the things that a little bit startled me, you know, recently read wasn't startled by the fact that once again the Pentagon, you know, failed to be able to account for its money when it comes, you know, came for an audit. But what startled me was how much money they could not, you know, account for. It's like they're three point five trillion dollars or something of what they call assets. Uh, you know, they were missing, you know, 55, 60 percent of that. They couldn't account for it. 
you certainly get the impression that a lot of money is being spent, but it's not clear, you know, where it's ending up. And then, of course, when you come to weapon sales, you do know that many of the weapons, in fact, end up in the black market and actually often end up arming the very, you know, political and military forces we claim that we are opposing on the field. Yes, Mark. So what you're referring to is the fact that the Pentagon just failed its fifth audit in a row. Uh, It has never passed one. Every other major government agency has passed an audit. And what that means is that the Pentagon doesn't know where its money goes. Like you said, out of three and a half trillion dollars in assets, that includes things like property, buildings, weapons, um, equipment. They were able to account for less than half of what they had. Um, only about a little less than 40% actually is, is how much they were able to account for. So that means that they have that much money, trillions of dollars that they have spent that they don't know where it went or where those assets are. Um, and that's that should be a huge problem. And you know, the fact that no other agency has had this problem has been has completely failed to pass an audit is very much a function of how huge the Pentagon is and how spread out it is. Um, it has dozens of, of smaller agencies within itself of, of offices and, and programs and uh, and that, you know, aren't talking to each other. It has 750 military installations all over the world. All of that is equipment that needs to be count- accounted for. And like you said, some of that are weapons that end up in hands that we don't intend them to be in. Um, of course, there's also the separate problem of the U.S. selling weapons into hands that we shouldn't be, um, like the you know weapon sales that we have approved this year to Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates, even while they are continuing to prosecute this war in Yemen that is one of the biggest ongoing humanitarian crises in the world. Um, so that's a problem, and then you know that is. Meanwhile, we see this. Uh, we saw Brittany Griner, the the WNBA player, finally released from Russia, which was great news. Um, but she was exchanged for um, this figure, Victor Boot, who's been called the merchant of death because he sold arms. But the U.S. sells far more arms and we sell them into uh, hands that are just as uh, dangerous and causing just as many innocent deaths as Victor Boot ever did. Um, so this is what that Pentagon money is going to. It's going to subsidizing the system that is selling those arms and that is losing arms and having them end up in the wrong hands. And it's causing deaths and and suffering of innocent people. Uh, and that's what that money is paying for. Yeah, I, I was going to raise with the Griner uh, situation that none of the mainstream media seem to be raising the point that you know, the United States is actually the biggest seller of, of weapons on the planet. So not the first time we've talked with the National Priorities Project about this issue. Uh, you know, what is the prospects of actually getting, you know, something done about this? As we all know, Dwight Eisenhower warned us about the power of the military industrial complex. And it just seems to be becoming more powerful and it owns both political parties. What gives you optimism we can change this? Well, a, a couple of things. One is that we've done it before. You know, in the in the 1990s, we managed to cut the military spending in this country by more than a quarter. Um, and of course, those were different days. There were different circumstances, but but it is possible. And so that's one thing that gives me hope. Um, another thing is ongoing efforts to organize around this. 
um, that are really taking some newer and interesting directions. There's um, the Poor People's Campaign, which is a fusion campaign that marries anti-poverty, anti-racism, um, anti-militarism, and anti-ecological anti devastation, excuse me, uh, those four things, and puts them all together and is organizing in places and among poor people who haven't been organized effectively in this country in a long time. So that gives me hope. There's a people over Pentagon campaign that uh, has is right now sponsoring legislation that would cut the Pentagon budget by $100 billion and has growing support among progressives in Congress. So that gives me hope. Um, and there are other movements like um, like immigrant right movements and uh, racial justice movements that are also openly recognizing the devastation of militarism and our Pentagon around the world. And so all of that kind of gives me hope. And we, we know from polling that young people don't buy into U.S. exceptionalism and the idea that the U.S. military should be ruling the world. So that gives me hope too. Um, and I think between all of these things, we need to keep organizing and um, given enough time and enough persistence, I think we can out-organize even the military-industrial complex. We've been talking with uh, Lindsay Kashkarian of the National Parties Project. Lindsay, people want more information or even when they want to talk to their congresspeople about this, how, how best can they get connected? They can find our website and information at nationalpriorities.org, um, which includes a way to contact your member of Congress. And you can even, uh, if you play around with some of our calculators, you can even find spending uh, budget figures that are relate, relate to your own congressional district. So nationalpriorities.org. Thank you very much, Lindsay. This has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.